0: Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas, by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have
1: been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of
0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Fistful Cash Podcast, the Tuesday Tip Off. I'm your host Dale Lippin, in here with the co-hosts of all co-hosts. Sue, so, What's going on? Nothing much, man.
1: Um, I know I covered this back in Week Six, and I said it, um, and it happened. Uh, week Six, the Pats and Chiefs played. I said that will be your AFC Championship game, and we will see just as exciting, if not a more exciting game, in the AFC Championship, and that's what we got. Um, I'm still running on a little bit of an emotional high. Uh, I got about an hour of sleep last night after the game, but, uh, incredible Patrick Mahomes. He's the future of the NFL. There's no doubt about it. Even when the kid's not completing a ton of passes, he's still throwing absolute darts and touchdowns and just making plays happen. The kid's unbelievable, but, um, shit. I mean, he said it best. He's the baddest motherfucker on the planet. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> ninth Super Bowl, man, unbelievable! It's just incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was an. It was a really good game. Um, I know a lot of people have camped on it, but I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it. The uh, the no call for pass interference in the, the New Orleans game was
1: oh, one
0: boy. of the biggest misses I think I've ever seen of any call in any sports. Uh, in any sport, really. I, I just don't understand. If that's not pass interference, what is? Uh, it so, makes no sense to me.
1: So I believe it's – I looked it up earlier today. I believe it's Chapter 17, Article 3, Section 2, and it states that the NFL commissioner can make the, the players replay from any point in the game. If he feels as if there were it was an egregious no call or something were to have happened, so Roger Goodell, it's in your hands. Uh, He can make them replay the end of the game from that point. He can make that call happen, and the Saints can take knees and kick a field goal to win the game and go to the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, Roby pass interference, helmet to helmet, unnecessary roughness on a defenseless receiver, illegal contact—any of those four yeah you can call and the fact I don't know if you've seen the the replay it's the the back judge uh referee sixty he waves it incomplete, and the line judge looks at him and reaches down to his mic and says something to him, and he waves his arms again like super aggressive at him, like no, it's an incomplete pass
0: no, it came I didn't out
1: see it. it came out this dude played for the Rams in nineteen eighty one he's been an l a native his entire life. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy.
0: That's a thick plot right there. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: But uh big up the Legatron, man. He hit that 57 yarder and it was good from I don't know 87.
0: Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> Essentially a kickoff.
1: That was unbelievable. I mean, Greg the leg, just an absolute bomb, dead center. Sean McVeigh has got you know Sam Cassell nuts for kicking a 57-yarder in overtime. Um, he misses that. You give Drew Brees the ball at the 47, and a field goal wins the game. So that's just – that was insane for him to actually – I mean, to trust his kicker like that, especially with the way kickers have been kicking this year. Um, Just, a, I mean, controversial weekend, yes, but then again, the Saints did get the ball to start overtime and Brees threw the pick. So they they had a chance to make it right. Um, All in all, I mean, two good games, man. Both dogs ended up winning. Uh, Just just really, the four best teams were in it.
0: Um, Yes, that's the takeaway, is that the four best teams in the league were playing. I
1: I don't think the two best teams made it out, um, but the four best teams were in it. Right. I'm as I'm as shocked as anybody, man. I know if you're not a Patriots fan, you kind of expect them to win those games. But watching the Chiefs all year and watching the Patriots all year, I just thought for sure this was the Chiefs' year. Andy Reid didn't mess up. Um, Surprisingly, yeah, he, did, really... he he didn't mess up. He did what he was supposed to. He threw a challenge flag instantly, even though even though it was a catch by Hogan. He didn't give Brady the time to go up and snap the ball. He did what he was supposed to and threw a quick challenge flag. He kept Patrick Mahomes, you know, he kept his his head his head on straight. Let the kid bring him back. Um, just it was. I enjoyed the weekend. I, I know as an NFL fan, it kind of sucks to see officiating like that. There were bad calls. The roughing the passer on Brady was bad. The Sammy Watkins pick play that was a no call was bad. There were bad calls both sides in the New England game, but that roughing the passer, that's one of the worst, or the passing experience, that's one of the worst I've seen. It literally right. changed who was going to the Super Bowl because the Saints could have taken knees and Will Lutz would have had a 19 yard field goal to win it. Right. Like that. Yeah, that, that was so it's bad. Really bad.
0: Yeah. All right. So let me ask you that. Speaking of underdogs, my favorite underdog. The uh, the messenger himself, the golden boy, the prodigal son, Henry Cejudo, uh, Talk about controversy, his, uh, his title fight with T.J. Dillashaw this weekend. What are your thoughts on that stoppage?
1: Yeah, I'm going to come out and say this right now, and we've already got the explicit tag on this episode. Fuck Dana White. <laughs> For real. Okay. Like, how are you going to back Greg Hardy and then not back the man who just beat Mighty Mouse and T.J. Dillashaw. I know, right? And say that it got yeah. Who cares if it got stopped early? He, you probably saved Dillashaw, man. He was exactly. rocked.
0: He was. Suhuda,
1: Suhuda was on him like white on rice. There was nothing about like that wasn't changing. There was no right. way. He saw blood. He saw red, and it was over. Like, and it's a real shame if Dana White uses that early stoppage to to justify in his own mind getting rid of the flyweight division.
0: That's a damn
1: shame after what Cejudo did in his last two fights.
0: Well, from what I don't know, here's what I don't understand. And this is, there's a couple points here that I want to camp on for a second. One, I don't understand what the obsession is with getting rid of the flyweight division. I could understand it back when T or um, I'm sorry, when uh, Demetrius Johnson was the champ and nobody could beat him, but you know, mighty mouse is gone now. So it can't be to clear up cap space, you know, because it, it doesn't work like that. It can't be to, uh, you know, save yourself some money. It, there, there's, I don't understand what the what the the pull is in eliminating that division. What's wrong with having a champion? Um, what's wrong with creating revenue uh, from fighters? What's wrong with giving a you know a guy that's a collegiate or olympic wrestler that wrestles at you know the 115 119 125 135 range what what's the what's the the uh what's the hang-up with allowing those guys to come in and set the world on fire in in your you know in your organization what i don't understand is why is there no push and there wasn't after the um the Mighty Mouse fight either. You have a guy that is literally, and you know how I feel about international sports. You have a guy who's an American hero, right. Henry Cejudo. Guy left high school. <clears throat> it was like, I'm not wrestling in college. Went from high school to the Olympics and won a gold medal in wrestling. Now he fights for your organization and is your flyweight champ. Why are you not pushing him like he is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but instead you're like, we're going to eliminate your division. Maybe, why? That's what, you, I don't get. That's, it. What,
1: that's what I'm saying. Why not? Mighty Mouse is gone. The the you know the the domination at the top of the division is gone. Henry Cejudo has looked damn impressive in his last two fights, for sure. But why not give a guy like Formiga or you know Benavidez get? Give them a shot. See if you can create some parity in this flyweight. And maybe the belt will bounce back and forth and you won't have that pure domination at the top. You don't know. Give Sergio Pettis another shot at him. You know what I mean? Right. Like there there are guys in the flyweight that I, I not necessarily I'm gonna say if they fight him, I'm gonna bet on them. But there's guys in the flyweight who can compete. And why not give them a shot to see if one of them can knock off Sahudo? And then you have, you know, a little rivalry going. You've got right. some parity. You have parity parity, you've rivalry, right. right? I'm with you, man.
0: So here's what. Okay, so here's here's what I don't get. Right? You say that. Oh, you know, maybe the depth or 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 whatever the case may be, within the division. Not you, but that's the argument, right? Is that, that flyweight's just not as deep? Demetrius Johnson, okay. Title defenses. What was it? Ten? Eleven? Something like that?
1: I think it was 11. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Anderson Silva, 11. Yeah. George, dude, GSP, 13. Yeah. So, so what? I don't understand. So, because GSP dominates the, 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 the welterweight division for so long, we should just eliminate the welterweight division? Why not? Uh, I, I hear you, man. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Freaking Randy Couture, I think, uh, Dude, how many how many how many light heavyweight defenses did Couture have? I want to say it was like eight or nine. Matt Hughes, welterweight, he had eight or nine. John Jones, light heavyweight, eleven. The same amount as Anderson Silva and Demetrius Johnson. And you're not talking about getting rid of either one of those divisions, dude. Jose Aldo was the the featherweight champ for like six years, bro. Yeah. And you weren't talking about getting rid of the the featherweights. So it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it makes,
1: and like you said, like like John Jones. John Jones has eight title defenses to his name right now. That number is only going to go up. You know what I mean? And you're not going to you're not going to get rid of the light heavyweight division. That ain't happening. And John Jones is going to break Mighty Mouse's record, assuming that he gets past Anthony Smith. I, you know, I, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. What are, you, you going to dump? You're going to dump Tyrone Woodley in his division once he gets to seven or eight, right? Like,
0: I don't know. It's silly. It's
1: it, well, that, that,
0: that would be like yeah. that'd be like canceling women's collegiate basketball because because yeah. of UConn. Like right. we're just going to get rid of NCAA women's basketball because of UConn. That doesn't make any sense. It's illogical.
1: And, here, and this is a good segue. Like you said, you should be pumping Henry Cejudo like he's an American, you know, American hero, being a gold medalist but he's super soft smoking. He's got a haircut like he's still in sixth grade. He's not the face you can push. On the other hand, Greg Hardy, dude, how are you going to back this dude? First of all, you already look like an asshole. Given this guy a shot. Second of all, you look like an asshole again by putting him on the same card as Rachel Ostevich, who is a victim of domestic violence. And then he throws what, in my opinion, is the dirtiest strike I've seen in recent memory. Yeah. Blatant. That, that was not inexperience. He said, oh, I kind of knew the rules, but I was a little fuzzy on them. It's this simple, dude. If anything's touching be- besides his two feet, you can't knee him in the head.
0: Well. That's all it he, is. He- Here's the thing, and you know, I, I'm not. I, I'm going to give credit where it's due. If you listen to the new episode of the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast, they do a, they have a segment called the Ray Longo Minute, where uh, the the coach Ray Longo calls in and they talk to him or whatever, and they asked him uh, specifically what he thought of the Greg Hardy situation, and he just said outright that Greg Hardy went out there. And, and, you know, I'm going to paraphrase this. He said he went out there, tried to execute his game plan, and it didn't go the way that it was going to, and he wanted the, he wanted an out. He went out there and got dominated by Alan Crowder for the first round, came out there, he was gassed, and he wanted a way out, and in the process almost, almost really, really hurt a guy, which is on par with what he's done his entire life. He's a slime ball. Slime balls do slime ball things, and that guy has no right to, in no place competing in any professional sport, regardless. I I, I don't, you know, far be it from me to be the person that's constantly casting judgment on somebody and say what somebody can and can't do with their life and their talent and their ability and this, that, and the other. But if you're a piece of shit, I'm going to call you a piece of shit. And Greg Hardy is exactly that. And that is in the wheelhouse of things that people like him do. They purposely try to inflict others. We're talking about the same guy that put hands on a woman. So I, I have no sympathy for you. I have no empathy for you. As far as I'm concerned, if you want to put hands on a woman, you should just walk around, you know, just waiting for the day when, you know, you it, it's a Tony Soprano style situation. I'm just yep. saying, spoiler alert, I'm just saying, uh, I, 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 got, I got nothing for that dude, right. nothing. And I'll tell you right now, Greg Hardy, whatever. NFL lineman, second team, all pro, pro bowler, 25 sacks in two seasons, whatever. I'm telling you right now, if Greg Hardy was standing in front of my face, I'd smack him in the mouth. I got whatever. Even if he ripped me apart like a gorilla right afterwards, I'm still smacking him in the mouth. If you're a woman beater, I got no time for you. You don't deserve air, bro. That's the way it is. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. And, And you would know better than anybody. Greg Hardy sounded like he was having a full blown asthma attack in between rounds. That dude, he was so incredibly gassed, and then Crowder chirping and chirping and chirping, telling him to hit him and quit fucking running and all that. Greg Hardy lost his head, and he was looking for an out because he knew that if it got out of the second round, he would have been dead weight there in the third round. There was no way he was weight at the
0: beginning of the second.
1: Another good segue. Okay, I was going to say, would you rather be trapped in the octagon with a gorilla or Gregor Gillespie?
0: That's what I was going to say. That's the same question I posed to you last night, or on Saturday <laughs> night, man. I'd really, dude, I think I'd have a better chance of getting out of the room with a gorilla. There's no way you're getting past Gregor Gillespie. And, we, you know, no, he's the man. I, not that I need affirmation of these things, but, you know, the part of me always feels good when you hear it. I'm telling you right now, and I've been battling some dude that thinks he knows what the hell he's talking about online all day about it. Gregor Gillespie is the, the only real shot. That somebody has, or that uh, that the rest of the division has, at beating, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Outside of Khabib getting caught with a strike, which he can do because he doesn't have great head movement, um, the two ways that that Khabib gets beat, three ways. I'm sorry, three ways it can be. Khabib gets beat. One, he gets caught with a strike because he has bad head movement. Two, he gets caught in a really rudimentary submission that he wasn't prepared for, a la Anthony Pettis, Ben Henderson. Or three, he fights Gregor Gillespie. Those are the three ways that that Khabib loses the belt, and not n- no other way. Just those three.
1: I, dude, I I would love nothing more. I mean, we we as soon as they announced this Brooklyn card and they announced him on it, we were both so stoked. It's the guy's incredible. Uh, the fact that I I what was the significant strikes again?
0: Uh, fi- I think it was fifty-seven to one.
1: Yeah, but it, it, and it was like I, it's so hard to explain if you didn't see the fight. Just his total domination of just I can't I can't even explain. It. I really can't. It's just it was unbelievable. The it's fact heard of he just controlled his back the entire time until he broke him down. It was it yeah. just and th- yeah, th- th- this dude on Instagram that's arguing. Saying that Gregor doesn't have the cardio and stamina. Are you insane? you? you this dude never gets tired,
0: right? Ever. Like um, I hear you. Here's the best thing about it too, is that you know Gregor came into the UFC six and zero, and he's six and zero in the UFC, and all six finishes. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm wrong. He decisioned the first dude he fought. So five out of six fights. Damn, I can't remember who the first dude he fought was, but that first one was a a unanimous decision. But it was like it was like 30, 24 or something like that, Um, because he fought uh, somebody on that uh, one cyborg beat up that that one girl cyborg's first fight. I can't remember her name. Lena Landsberg um he fought on that card i can't remember who he fought some brazilian dude but he throttled him and i remember watching him going oh my gosh this guy's a bear he's a bear he's just like khabib when khabib first started that's what happened it was the same thing he was just mauling people do you remember khabib fighting uh abril Trujillo? no i do not he set the record for most takedowns in a fight. I think it was like 24 or something like that. Could you, if you want to see somebody just reevaluate their entire life, watch Khabib fight Abel Trujillo. Um, it, it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Okay. No, 21 takedowns in a fight. Could you imagine being a professional mixed martial art, mixed martial artist and getting taken down 21 times in a fight? That's absurd. That's yeah, absurd.
1: It's it's wild. Um, did you see Gregor got robbed? At, yes. Uh, yeah, at the Barclays Center. said, keep all my gear and shit. I don't care. Just, I want my mouth guards and my wallet back.
0: Yeah, he said he doesn't want to go to the DMV, which I yeah. feel you on that, bro. <laughs> I feel you. Listen to me when I say, I feel you on that. It's, nobody it, wants to go. It,
1: it's so easy to root for him, too, because being from where we are from, He's a he's a local college wrestling legend. I mean, he was an he was a Division One champ at Edinburgh. I mean, yep. my wife my wife went to Edinburgh. Like right. he he's a local dude. I mean, it's the same thing as me cheering for like Frankie Edgar or Josh Koscheck. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's just the fact that they're local guys, and it's just the guys. In, I, I went and saw him in Pittsburgh. Uh, was it last year? Yeah, maybe a year and a half. About a year and a half ago, probably. And he's just, he's a blast to watch um, to your casual fight fan. They might not enjoy it, but he he is one of the best at what he does. And that's completely break you down and destroy not only your stamina and your body, but your soul. Yeah.
0: So, but you I know, know like this, if you look at Khabib's first six fights in the UFC, he had two finishes. If you look at Gregor's, he, he's had five. So both guys exact the, the same game plan. One finishes fights; the other one doesn't. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Wh- you know what I love too, and I'm just—I hate—I don't want to give this troll any more airtime than we already have. But wh- I know he's going to listen to this episode because him and I w- have been jawing back and forth all day today. Is that this dude started off hit the defense of his argument saying that Tony Ferguson's a better matchup for Khabib as far as beating Khabib because Tony's good at taking punishment.
1: That's it, yeah. Hey, you're, 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 hard, you're, your you're good at getting to beat your- up.
0: <laughs> that's what I told him. I said, dude, the foundation of your argument is that your guy's good at getting beat up. Bro, dude, that's not a good place to start. That's not a good place to start. Oh my gosh. It's so funny, man. If,
1: if that's the case, then Alex Hernandez is the best fighter in the UFC because Donald Cerrone beat the living piss out of him and that kid would not stop.
0: Here's what I love. Is that on on our last episode? I said that, you know, that Donald Cerrone's already fought a version of Alex Hernandez before in Rick's story, and he literally beat him the same way that he beat Rick's story. Yeah. Like almost down to the combination. It's unbelievable. Kids got a hell of a chin.
1: Alex Hernandez has a hell of a chin. He took that one knee, and I was like, man, it's over. And no, it was. Cowboy man, ageless wonder. Like he got, he got his sec. He had the kid, and he got his second wind.
0: He's got a oh, whole. He wants that Conor fight.
1: I know he does. I know he does. And I it's want. It's a bad it.
0: fight for him. You know it's what? It's a bad fight for him.
1: I. It is, but, man, I'd be so damn pumped if he went in there and just knocked Conor McGregor out. Oh, I'd be so excited. But we got we got a lot to cover on the yeah. you know our topics that were submitted to us. That's right. that's UFC Brooklyn in a, in a nutshell.
0: All right, let's get to this first one here. Should athletes that are caught using steroids be allowed into their respective Hall of Fame? I'll let you go first. So i
1: I think this is this differentiates from sport to sport. Um, the biggest uh, sport with a problem of steroids is baseball. And I I believe that guys who took steroids should still be allowed in the Hall of Fame in baseball. Um I don't think they're that critical of an advantage. Yes, they are an advantage. Obviously, it helps you with your power. Um, you know, it helps you with speed, it helps you with you know accuracy throwing the ball, it gives you all those advantages. But like a guy like Barry Bonds, he's still hitting he's still hitting home runs off ninety-eight, ninety-nine mile an hour fastballs. He's still reading a curveball you know, a 78 mile an hour curveball, a 12, six curve. That still is a skill in itself. And a lot of the guys that took steroids in baseball took them towards the end of their career. It's older guys that are trying to keep up with these younger guys. Um, I was reading an article earlier on this and a guy made a good, good point. He said the national baseball hall of fame is the museum of baseball history and PED use is a part of their history, 100%. You just look at guys like Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, three of the biggest names in the last you know, 50 years of baseball. All very good players, but got caught on roids. It's – Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll finish your point. No, it's – a sport like basketball, guys – I don't even know if they test for steroids in basketball because if they do, LeBron James would have been suspended 18 times. Um, football, allegedly, uh, yeah, allegedly, right. You have to um, say allegedly, right? Football, you take your four-game suspension, but I still think, I, outside of combat sports, man, I think I, I do think that guys should be in the Hall of Fame. I really do because I don't, I don't think it gives you. A ridiculous, you know, it obviously gives you an advantage, but it's not the advantage that people make it out to be in baseball, in basketball. I don't know how much of an advantage it would give you. Um, it would pretty much throw off like your muscle memory. I, 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 I don't, I don't know if you ever tried to shoot a basketball after lifting weights, or you know, if you if you hit the gym for six months and then try and go shoot a basketball, it throws right. it throws absolutely everything off when your strength changes. And in football, yeah, you can hit harder. You could probably run a little faster.
0: Well, here's the thing.
1: I, I here's the know. thing.
0: I'm I'm the exact opposite of where you're at. I feel like with with hoops and football, I agree with you. It doesn't matter. I really don't. I don't really don't see it mattering all that much. But something like baseball, where everything is so dependent on that that quick twitch muscle fiber, um, that split second explosiveness, you know. Baseball is a game that it that that happens you know literally like five seconds at a time, just these five second bursts from you know the the ball leaving the pitcher's hand to you know the the end of the bat to what happens next it's all over in just a matter of seconds um and steroids you know obviously having never done a cycle of steroids, so I just have to go with what. You know, people say what you read and what what the the movie portrayal of it is sort of seems to feed into that moniker, where that explosiveness, that fast twitch, that that everything that would enable you to um, complete whatever it is that you're doing, you know, on on the baseball field becomes easier. You know, if you're an outfielder and you see that ball come off the end of the bat, you're able to. You know, make that cut, get that first step, and get 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 after the ball faster. Um, if you need arm strength, it helps with that. And then on the flip side, if you're you know if you're batting, uh, it it helps you recognize and then execute faster. Uh, you See, know, that, it, it, good. That's where I.
1: So we're talking Hall of Fame. Guys are making it to the Hall of Fame based off of their plate appearances or their ability as a pitcher. I, you know, fielding helps. Don't get me wrong. Being a dual threat, being able to play the offensive and defensive side of baseball helps. But when it comes to batting, a batter's ability to identify the pitch and its rotation—that is such a split-second thing. The steroids is not going to help you with that. That comes with skill and practice. And just putting in the work, and a pitcher's like this- so a pitcher can throw steroids will take a pitcher from throwing you know ninety eight to one oh one, but steroids aren't going to help him with his control and his ability to hit certain spots in the strike zone or throw a curveball that drops from you know the the batter's elbow down to his waistline that right but okay but what i
0: 'm saying is is if you're saying if 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 the point you're making though is that the people that are that are guilty more often than not of taking the steroids are older guys trying to keep up. How is it helping them keep up? If if not to make them react faster, if not to help preserve power, if not to be able to explode the way younger guys do? I'm with you. I know the question, the, the premise of the question is Hall of Fame, but one of the things that gets you in the Hall of Fame is longevity, and you have to produce over that long period of time you could have three great seasons and then eight crap seasons and not get in the hall of fame but if you have eight good seasons there's a good chance that you can get in the hall of fame so i think that in in a sport like baseball more than anything else it helps keep you on that playing field literally like both both figuratively and literally it helps you keep it helps keep you on the playing field longer um you know, you see the same thing like what, I mean, another sport probably has the, the, the most sec or the second most prolific steroid use in, in competitive cycling. You know, all that is, is just helping build muscular endurance and helps those guys compete longer, better, longer, faster. Um, I just, to answer the question, I think that I don't know how it could help you in baseball or I'm sorry, in basketball. I don't, I mean, I can see how it could help you in football to an extent, but that's such a team game. Um, well, they're all team games. So that's not a good point. No, um,
1: but in, in, in basketball, I mean, we, we saw it with LeBron with the Cavs for so many years. Right. One player can dominate. So,
0: basketball, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Football, it's less of a deal. Baseball, cycling, Olympic wrestling, um, Combat sports, yes, I think it's a very big deal, um, and I don't necessarily know that you should you should get in the Hall of Fame if you're caught using steroids. Now, the problem that we run into is we run into a John Jones style situation here, right? Where when you get caught using steroids, unless it's at the very beginning of your career, how do you ever establish or believe somebody when they say I didn't, I wasn't using them then, I I'm, I use them now. So it's sort of it, it's hard to induct anybody into a hall of fame because it almost um, negates all the hard work you may have put in under a clean slate because nobody can say that you did or didn't. Then, I guess is what, what I'm saying.
1: No, I, I hear you. I I just we're on two different ends here. I just like I said, growing up watching Barry Bonds and Mark Maguire, well, not necessarily Mark McGuire. I know he. Claims he didn't use roids in the beginning of his career, but I don't know about that. But Barry Bonds, I mean, even when he was with the Pirates, he was the best player in baseball and he was half the size he was. And I, I there's, I, I, Alex Rodriguez is another prime example. Yeah. When A Rod was with the Rangers, dude, there, he wasn't on roids. He was just incredible. He was just an absolute incredible talent. And he started hitting the roids towards the end of his career with the Yankees. I, I get the. You know, they're taking roids to keep up, to, you know, relinquish or just uh not relinquish, but to to save their power. Um, I just I think there's so much more that goes into baseball as far as the actual skill and the recon, you know, recognizing a pitch and the control of a pitcher, that's those are the key factors in baseball to me that steroids does not help. I know it helps with the power, it helps you hit the ball farther, but if you can't make contact
0: then your power means nothing. Um, Let me ask you this, then let's try to break it down and and find some sort of commonality here in that if, if somebody's cheating and they win the game, should the win be taken away? No, no, you can't. I mean, the the game's over. That's that. that Okay. So if you, if you and I are playing monopoly and you cheat and end up winning, is that a real win? Yeah, but there's a difference between a board game and a professional sport. But here's the point though. Here's the point though, is that if you are if you are acting dishonorably and giving yourself a competitive edge that other players don't have in essence, cheating how can you be held uh, to the same level that somebody that isn't doing those things is? You know, if I'm not cheating and you are and you put up big numbers, and I put up average numbers. We have no metric to know whether or not your 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 big numbers would have been average given a, a level playing field. So, so how can you be put into the Hall of Fame then? Going, because we don't know. Going back to that point, so Tom Brady and
1: Bill Belichick are 1-7 in their Super Bowl career? Because the only year that they weren't under controversy was when they beat Atlanta.
0: But is that? But but here's the thing: they weren't proven. They weren't proven cheaters, though. But the they, controversy's different I mean, than no. They being a they proven cheater.
1: They got caught with tapes of practices, which was against the rules, and they also got caught with balls that were under the league minimum.
0: Okay, so so do we have definitive proof that that changed the outcome of the game?
1: But do you have definitive proof that steroids changed the outcome of the game? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm so, saying, do
0: we have definitive proof that, that they're they're doing that that gave them an unfair advantage, and as such, changed the outcome of the game?
1: No, it's all speculation.
0: Okay. If 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 you look at me and you look at you, you know, objectively, and we're of identical skill sets, but you take roids and I don't, and you put up you do, you perform fifteen percent better, is it the same? It's not. It's different. It's not, you, but they've there's you had a competitive advantage.
1: The the guys that are getting busted for steroids, there's no one to compare them to. You, there's no one to compare Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Rafael Palmero, Roger Clemens, Alex Rodriguez. There's no one to compare those guys to. The most recent case of steroids, um, as far as a big band, as, as far as I'm concerned, was Starling Marte with the, uh, with the Pirates. Um, and... I saw no change in his game. None. The guy he he's an average average batter who plays a good center field. And I didn't see any change in his game from when he first came in the league to when he was on steroids. So I I, I don't it's so hard to make that comparison because I don't know. It's it's tough. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I,
1: right. I, I, I still think they should be in the Hall of Fame, but I, I get where you're coming from. I I understand. Completely, I understand why people think they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I get that. But my personal opinion is that they should be allowed in.
0: Well, you do realize it doesn't look good eyeball test that we have a Patriots fan saying that cheaters and steroid users should be allowed in the Hall of Fame.
1: Listen, if Rodney Harrison was still on steroids, Tom Brady would have his sixth (laughs) Super Bowl already. He'd have knocked that shit out of David Tyree's hand. But he wasn't on roids, so he didn't have the strength. So
0: Whatever. Speaking it's, uh, <laughs> oh, my. All right, next question. There's no segue here. Just next question. Something I was super hyped up about this year, and I continue to be hyped up about, will Tiger Woods ever win another major?
1: Hell, yeah. Absolutely. Hell, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think he will, too. No doubt. I think he will, too.
1: He had five top six finishes in his last eight events.
0: Yes. It's not going to be this year. It's 2020. I think, You're right uh, cuz this is the year of Ricky Ricky Fowler's getting his this year. Ricky Ricky is going to shot listen it's going to be a I know you don't like him but it's going to be a Ricky Fowler, Bryson DeChambeau. Oh no. Um, nope. And and Brooks Kepka kind of year. I'm telling you. Well, Brooks Kepka's had two straight years. He can calm down. Well, he's in he's in the groove, man. De- that dude's playing. De- stupid call.
1: DeChambeau, no thank you. He I I hate he is he is like the poster boy for country club whiny golfers.
0: Yeah, He is the worst. Do you think that Bryson DeChambeau can taste the difference between tap water and Fiji water?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. He might, he might fall over into the fetal position if he drank tap water.
0: You know what, Bryson DeChambeau drinks Fiji water, or drinks water that's fancier than Fiji water. Like he he would listen to me say this and be like, "What kind of peasant drinks Fiji water?" Yeah, there, there's something out there right now that he drinks that's more uh, that that's better than Fiji, and I you know some a peasant like me doesn't know it.
1: Bryson DeChambeau brushes his teeth with Voss. So it, oh, oh, that's right. I Voss is another one. Yeah, I I can't stand a guy cannot stand him. Just the, the pouting after every bad shot, the screaming at the crowd. You're, you're a clown, dude. He's the worst.
0: Is oh, he can't, berating uh, cameramen like Patrick Reed? The worst, or is he his own yeah. worst? <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but
1: Patrick Reed listens to Imagine Dragons, so
0: that's true. Well, that change. <laughs> I guess
1: that changes everything, <laughs> then, doesn't it? It does. Listen, I uh, yes, Will yeah. Tiger win a major, yes. Um I I do not like Tiger fanboys. One of my, you know, one of my good buddies that I was stationed with is the biggest Tiger fanboy. He'll listen to this episode tomorrow. He is one of the biggest Tiger fanboys out there. And I can't stand Tiger fanboys. But right now they have something to be excited about cuz I really do think that he's I, he looked so good last year, man. He really when he finally got his head right, when he was putting. It, it's it's so weird too, because I think once he finally puts his entire game back together, because what was killing him last year, you know, he he would crush the ball, but his short game was off. But then he'd putt well, and then the next event right. he would putt. You know, he'd putt bad, and his short game was okay, but he's hitting it in the fairway or he's hitting it in the rough. Once he can. And I think having a full off season to focus and not having any drama, once he can put it all back together, golf is one of those games where regardless of your age, you can still compete. I mean, look at Lefty. He shot a 12-under in the opening round this past weekend and finished second. Um, and Tiger's in way better shape than Lefty. There's no doubt about yes. that. Yes. Um, yeah, once he gets his game back together, and he will there will be an event where absolutely everything clicks he's gonna win a major and I, i'm with you it might not be this year shit it might not be 2020 it could be 2025 tiger will win another major there's no doubt in my mind
0: one of the one of the things i, I like to do in my head and you know sometimes I've, it works out for me even in betting is that i you, you remember whenever we were kids and there would be the sports illustrated commercial after somebody won something. Um, so like, as soon as like say Alabama would win a national title, there'd be like the commemorative sports illustrated Alabama edition. And it would come with an autograph ball or a, a special edition football or whatever the case may be. I always just try to sort of imagine the headline uh, with stuff like that. Like what, what do I think the, the storyline will be? And the reason why I say 2020 is, is they're gonna put something along the lines of like Tiger Vision twenty twenty, yeah, or something to that effect. Twenty nineteen is not good, but yeah. a Tiger's vision is always twenty twenty or something like that. Tiger Vision twenty twenty, I like it. That's that's what that, I just that's how I feel. Yeah, I'm feeling. it. Trademark that. that. We'll sell. Trade, it. We'll sell it to ESPN. Okay, okay right now I'm putting a, I'm putting a verbal trademark while I file the paperwork. Tiger Vision twenty twenty, uh, trademark TM, putting it on it right now. There it is. Yeah. You can't take it. No, it's out there. It's ours. It's ours. It's ours. Right. Actually, you know what? We're, you know what? We're designing t-shirts. Yeah. i will tell you right now we're going to do, we're going to do Tiger vision, 2020 t-shirts. That's going to be the first fistful of cash t-shirt. Hey, is Tiger vision, 2020 and ESPN. If you want the rights to Tiger vision, 2020, give us an interview with Joe Testator. dude, give me Joey test. <laughs> That's dude. I'm telling you right now, I will give you Tiger vision, 2020 and one of my toes. You can pick the toe. Speak- I'll give a toe for Tess. Toe for Tess. I'll do it.
1: I know we're running short on time. Uh, there were two more topics we had to cover, but I wanted to touch something real quick. Speaking of Joe Tessitore, as far as NFL announcers go, I have not been a fan the past two years of Tony Romo, but no, my my god, him. was he! That was the most incredible like analyst performance I have ever heard in my entire existence of watching sports. He was absolutely amazing in that Patriots Chiefs game. <clears throat> I, 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 he's the best. He is the best sports broadcaster in sports right now.
0: Outside of Joe Test. No, tour. no, don't, no,
1: dude, dude. What Tony Romo. Listen, I, I was a hater because of his. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Jim. I was a hater because of that. But watching that game last night and actually listening to him, it's like Tony Romo, listening to him, if you close your eyes and you were listening to the game and you heard Tony Romo speaking, it's like you're sitting at the bar with him. He talks to you like you're just a normal dude, and he breaks the game down so well that nobody brings insight to the, to their respective sport as far as broadcasting goes like Tony Romo does. I'm fully okay. on the Tony Romo train right now. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm throwing my my haterades dumped down the drain. I'm telling. Totally let me ask you this. That, let it. me
0: ask you this. Is then whose fault is it that his career took the trajectory that it did? Because the guy can clearly read defenses. Jerry Jones he can clearly. Touch, we're putting it on Jerry Jones. Yeah,
1: dude. He didn't give him a team.
0: Okay, that's fine.
1: I'm Okay, right. Yeah, no, he didn't give him a team. This is on Jerry Jones, hundred percent. Tony Romo was a very, very, very good NFL quarterback, and his numbers prove that. I get he doesn't have the playoff win. I get you know they had subpar seasons, but football is a team sport. I mean, look at look at Brady. He one touchdown, two interceptions last night. Yes, he had two clutch drives, but without that run game and without the defense stepping up in the first half, they don't have a chance in that game. Football is okay. a team. Football is a team sport. And if you don't have a team around you, you're not going to win shit. Just ask Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't done right, anything ask since this their then. Super Bowl win.
0: Let me ask you this. Okay. Legitimate question here. You know that Tony Romo can golf. Like uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. What's more likely, Tony Romo in a PGA event or Tony Romo being a coach in the NFL?
1: I like that. That's good. Um, I think both are uh, – it depends. So this is the last year of his contract with CBS. We'll see what kind of money they throw at him.
0: Because um, yeah, why not be? Why not? Why not put? I mean, he doesn't have to be a head coach, but I'm saying you can put him as an offensive coordinator. Put him up in the booth. Let him see the field, dude. That could be a thing. It, I'm just saying.
1: Oh, I'm I'm fully with you that it could be a thing. But if so, I think Collinsworth makes you know close to a million dollars. If they don't, if they don't pay Tony Romo more than Chris Collinsworth, I'll be absolutely amazed. <clears throat> like Josh McDaniels, he's the highest paid offensive coordinator, highest paid coordinator, um, and I think his deal's like three point two million a year. Tony Romo coming in, he would probably make close to a million. So why not just sit up in the warm booth next to Jim Nance and let your voice be heard by all of America? Rather than putting in the work week by week, going to all the practices, putting in sixty hours a week, because he loves it. Though. I, I, I think I, he loves. I think it. he loves broadcasting, and I think I think he's going to realize he has a legit shot to pass guys like Howard Cosell. As far as I am listen, dude, Cosell was great. Don't get me wrong, but nobody brings the football insight that Tony Romo has brought. There is nobody. Nobody, nobody could hold Tony Romo's strap in broadcasting when it comes to bringing the actual in-game insight to your sport.
0: Who a hot take? All right, I'm gonna end it. Uh, let, let's let's wrap that one up. Let's save these other two that we got for next week. Okay. because uh, like I said, we're we're coming up on 50 minutes here, and we we usually don't like to go over an hour, and I I feel like next week's topic of whether or not college athletes should be paid. That's uh, that's
1: a whole episode for me.
0: That's a whole episode. It could be a whole episode in and of itself, even though yeah. I think we're both going to circle around the, the answer of yes. But anyway, um, as far as uh, housekeeping stuff goes, there's really not much to report on. Uh, we had another fantastic week. We crushed the UFC Brooklyn event. Thanks to everybody uh, that tuned into the show, uh, and kudos to those of you that are patreon subscribers you got those plays which were fantastic you got the if you follow us on instagram i posted our plays up early enough that hopefully a lot of you guys were able to get those in and if you did we did really well there um we it it was just a good all-around week man so uh, if you guys are interested in premium plays go to patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash you can get those on there it's 10 bucks a month it's going to give you five additional picks each and every weekend at a minimum. So, I mean, that's that's the minimum that we do. Sometimes we get crazy, um, especially come UFC pay-per-view time or big college basketball weekends and stuff. Just weird stuff happens. Uh, so, you know, that, that there's all kinds of benefits to joining there. Um, that's patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. Follow us on social media, Instagram, fistful of cash podcast. We're on Facebook, Twitter. Like I said, we don't use those as much. But, you know, if you reach out to us on there, we will get to you, just not as fast as we normally do on Instagram. Also, if you have a question that you would like to see discussed on the Tuesday tip off, which is something we're going to do, we're not uh, shying away from questions and we're, we're going to get to all of them, um, email that to us at Fistful of Cash Pod, Fistful of Cash Pod at gmail.com. And if you can't remember that between now and the time you want to type it, it's available in the show notes. So just click on that wherever you get your podcast at and you can check those out. What do you, What else you got? So, that, uh, nothing really, man. That's about it. <clears throat> okay. Well, let's do this then. Let's uh just give a shout out to uh top cities and countries. Obviously, the U.S. holding it down. Canada, the U.K., Australia, Spain. Dude, we got another African country. We got Kenya again. There we go. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> this is something like something like a solar charger for a cell phone, and they're just laying it out in the sun. Once it gets charged up, then they listen to an episode, I guess. All right, Germany and Ireland as well. Top cities, dude, D.C., my man, double champ, listening to us again. Top city, San Jose, Bellevue, uh, Michigan, Oxford, Connecticut, London, Ashburn, Virginia, Seattle, Scranton, P.A., Dunder Mifflin, what up? Up? <laughs> Mountain View, California, Victoria, British Columbia. All right, <clears throat> that's it. Oh, Chicago's in there as well. So Chicago's tied. But
1: Speaking of Scranton, uh, if you guys have seen Bird Box – I highly recommend that you look up the bird box office trailer that they completely redid the entire bird box trailer with clips from the office. And it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I saw it the other day and I was laughing my ass off the entire time. It was great.
0: I don't know if you've even when, seen it. When I was, when I was in oh shit, this was back like 2007 there was a trailer that everybody was showing, like was going around all the emails and stuff like that. Uh, And it was, they took toy story and cut it with Requiem for a dream. Yes, dude. Absolutely hilarious. Oh yeah. There's another one uh, for Lion King too, which is just, it's so, they're so funny. They
1: also do toy story and Lion King ones where they make them into like horror movies and legit.
0: It's like, yeah,
1: that, yeah, it's dark for sure yeah, the
0: internet stays undefeated man i love the internet sometimes i hate it sometimes but i love it sometimes too but all right guys i think that's it man uh, i got nothing see everybody on friday
1: yeah um like i said man i'm on an emotional high i'm gonna hit you with a my favorite tom brady quote and it's you want to know which ring is my favorite the next one so as always guys clear eyes tom brady can't lose <laughs> stupid